Thank you for listening to the audio podcast of the King's Crossing Church of Christ. To learn more or subscribe, please visit our website at kingscrossingcoc.com. All right, so uh, this morning we are going to be doing the first of, uh, in, in this series that we're currently working on, this uncharted series of kind of figuring out where do we go from here, what comes next, you know, we're all trying to discern that together, but I thought we had a good opportunity, uh, especially as we're in a time of transition, not only because of the situation with COVID-19, but also because we are just about ready to uh, occupy this new uh, facility we've got behind us. We've got a lot of opportunity ahead of us, and so I wanted to feature several of our leaders to share about their respective areas of ministry and some of what we're up to and some of what we're planning on for the future. And so, for this morning, I wanted to talk especially about pathways to Christ. What is it like for people to actually find Jesus because of their connection to us? And uh, in just a moment, I'll invite Kevin and Buck up here on stage with me so I can talk to them about their areas of ministry. But I wanted to share a couple of uh, brief quotes with you that I found insightful. If I could go to that next uh, slide there, Blake. Um, so this is a quote from Franz Kumon, a Belgian historian, and he says, Oriental religions, that's referring to Christianity, Judaism, Islam, some of the religions that have uh, holy books. He says, Oriental religions spread and succeeded because they do three things really well. Number one, they involve the senses and emotions in worship. So as you come to God, it's not an impersonal thing, but instead it's a deeply personal thing. That, that matters in making a religion uh, palatable. Uh, secondly, they make an individual faith conscience type appeal. It is the case that because you come to worship, hopefully we are challenging you, encouraging you to be a better person than you would have been otherwise, that collectively we share a moral vision for the kind of people we're trying to be. That's something that's very appealing to people who don't have that in their life. And that thirdly, for people who are looking for something more intellectual, because we have scriptures, because we have a word from the Lord, it satisfies our intellect. We have things to think about. We can keep going deeper and deeper in that well, always finding something um, substantive. He says all of these things help to provide a virtuous view of the God that we serve. So he's speaking, again, as more of a historian, but you can see one of the things that we offer as the church are these personal connections, uh, this, this deep sense of knowledge and wisdom that we gain from Scripture, and also the individual, uh, you know, pricking my own heart nature of this faith that I'm trying to be serious about. Uh, a second quote comes from a book uh, by uh, Rodney Stark. Uh, it's a really fascinating book about the rise of Christianity, but he says, surprisingly, if you were to ask many Christians what they think spreads their religion, it's a matter of all doctrine. You know, how well do we understand our doctrine? How do, well do we express it? And he says, while that is very important, he says it's actually secondary to what really brings about conversion. He says, conversion happens when a person's interpersonal ties to Christians overbalances their ties to non-Christians. And so it is not the case that we can just, for example, hire an evangelism minister and say, go convert people. That's not how it works. The way that people come to Christ is when they have enough meaningful connections in their life of people who do believe that they have a safety net. They're willing to leave behind what they had before because they've had a new place where they can land and be surrounded and loved and encouraged. And so it's actually all of us collectively and the spaces and the warmth that we create 
that makes Christianity a viable option for people in their lives, where they might even leave behind a different kind of life. So I thought those two things were kind of insightful as we reflect on this. I'll invite Buck and Kevin, if y'all want to go ahead and be making your way up. I wanted to also share this passage of Scripture where Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I want you to notice it's a, it's a plural term. Again, not that one of us can do it on our own, but we collectively, as the laborers, as those who make the most of the opportunities in front of us, we collectively can make an impact for Christ. And so, first of all, I really want to appreciate uh, Buck and Kevin for, uh, for doing this with me. And uh, just so you know, if, especially if you're new here, Kevin is also new here. In fact, I know he enjoys any opportunities he gets. He keeps saying how on his Zoom class, it's the only chance he ever gets to see what people look like below their eyes. So, you know, I know Ron Pinion, he was saying he had known Ron for several weeks before he knew that Ron had a mustache. So... Mustache, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so Kevin is our uh, new discipleship minister. Uh, he's going to be talking especially about uh, Bible classes that we're getting ready to relaunch that uh, first week in February, and also uh, life groups. Uh, we're finally putting a big formal push on those, some really good structure and organization. And then, of course, I don't really have to introduce Buck to you, but uh, Buck's been here since 1977. Kevin's young here, and I'm old here. There you go. There you go. But yeah, Buck's been with us for many, many years and uh, has served this congregation well for a long time. And, and, and really, it's been a few decades ago now, shifted his emphasis over to prison ministry, especially reaching out to those who are incarcerated, uh, trying to do a lot of things, really. I know you're going to be sharing some more about that, but we certainly want to win people to Christ. And as part of that, often we, we do that by trying to help them transition back into society in good and uh, productive ways. So um, looking forward to talking to both of you. Let me get to the first uh, question that I wanted to ask. If we could go to that next slide. I wanted to give each of you a chance to talk about uh, some of your core values. As you think about your specific areas, just briefly, what would be some core things that are sort of driving your, your ministry philosophy and your approach? After you, sir. Age before beard. Age before beard, okay. <laughs> Actually, uh, you know, a drowning person doesn't care whose hand reaches out to them. And we try to meet felt needs of people. In other words, someone's in pain, they need some help, uh, they're right to be reached. And so we do this through our life-changing curriculum with 15 courses, including the children's edition. And um, these, are, these are not Bible studies as such, they're life skills curriculum, but using the Bible as the basic text. So it's interesting that with about 33,000 students now studying by mail, as well as these courses being taught in classrooms pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID, um, we have about 2,000 requests for baptisms a year. Yeah. Now people don't, you know, we don't bring them in from getting drowned. You know, they don't get to the bank and dry off and then say, I'd like to get back in and be baptized doesn't work that way, but after they get felt needs met, after the pain level is addressed, it's amazing how many then want to embrace Christ. And so uh, this is a huge 
program, uh, multiple states, uh, many foreign countries. Uh, I, I say we've got to have an army of volunteers just to grade all the lessons and address the envelopes and stuff them and get the next lessons back out to the students and just keep that going. But um, really meeting the felt needs of men and women, right. many of those, of course, incarcerated. Wonderful. Thank you. So, Kevin, talk about some things that kind of drive your core values. Yeah. Um, when we were beginning conversations about me coming here in the first place, something that I kind of repeatedly went to is something that I would say is still one of the core values of the, the ministry that I really kind of head up here. It's, the first one would be togetherness, which has just been so difficult the last almost a year now. Um, and so, we, we've had to find substitutes at Zoom is not a good way to get together, but it's a better th substitute than nothing, right? And so we've um, one of the things that I'm that I'm hoping that with our new Bible class option and, and our new Bible class schedule and life group opportunities that we're going to have launching in February, hopefully you know, keeping you know safe as much as appropriate, that'll pr provide plenty of opportunities for us to be together. Just like the early church was. I mean, Churches of Christ historically, right? We're restoring the early church. Much of that should be restoring the attitude of the early church, which was constantly wanting to be together. End of Acts chapter 2, end of Acts chapter 4, there's all these you know, kind of summary statements about how the church was daily gathering together to, to worship together, to break bread together, to take care of each other's felt needs uh, together. And so togetherness which our classes and life groups will hopefully facilitate. And then with togetherness will hopefully come a degree of openness, where if I'm spending all this time with Buck, it, you know, doing you know, in our Bible class or in, in some life group or something along those lines, if I'm spending all that time with Buck, hopefully I'll get to the point where I can say to him, you know, Buck, I've been, I've been wondering about such and such. I, I don't know how to handle this kind of issue or concern. Or, could you pray for me? Or, you know, Buck, I noticed the other day you seem kind of down. Can, is there something you want to talk to me about? Togetherness and openness, I, I, I think, kind of go hand in hand. And hopefully what we're going to be launching in February will start paving the way for that to become the norm uh, to a degree that, you know, a lot of churches don't, don't reach. Great. Yeah, thank you all for that. Um, so another another question I wanted to talk about. Um, there, just because we've been in quarantine doesn't mean that things haven't been happening. You know, behind the scenes, uh, there's still a lot of things that have been going on, and uh, really not only just during quarantine, but in general. I know, Buck, with your ongoing ministry, there have been so many things that you're always busy doing. It's not always easy to pull back and let everyone know what all of those are. In fact, I don't think we could do that with all of our time here this morning. But I wanted to give both of you the chance. Could you just share your perspective on you know, some of the things that are going on behind the scenes. What do you wish that people knew more about uh, related to your area of ministry? Well, of course, as you said, it's impossible to, the, the prison ministry is so expansive to uh, explain everything, but I'd just like to hit on a couple of things um, that I wish everybody knew more about. Focusing basically on those two primary audiences, the incarcerated and addicted, and most of the time you're talking about one audience because if a person is an addict and doesn't get help, he's going to get arrested 99% uh, of the time. And so 
This introduces us not only to them face to face, but to their families, which includes their children. And this has and inspired the Little Angels program through which, with funds available, we get these $25 gift certificates from HEB or Walmart. And these kids, we call them little angels because they're totally innocent of the crimes of their parents or the poor decisions that their parents made. And we want them to know that they're valuable and that God loves them and that we love them too. And we want to encourage them. And so, you know, if you want to get to me, if you want me on your good side, show some affection toward my kids. <laughs> and so this works wonders in, in the totality of what we're trying to do. Uh, we talk about the red couches. We've got two big red couches in our meeting room area. This is where uh, support groups meet, but this is also, uh, for much of the year, uh, Glenda Watson has uh, stuffed animals and toys uh, full on those couches that Christians and area congregations provide for us. So when the families come in and are interviewed and we assist them with, uh, through the little angels ministry with the gift cards or whatever, she will take them into the red couches and have them pick, pick their toy. Uh, now, a lot of times when they take that gift card to Walmart or HEB, uh, they don't necessarily get a toy, they get a prescription field or they get uh, some shoes or a sweater or something like that. So uh, the Little Angels is just a very rewarding program and a very effective program. We probably touch just here in the coastal bend over a thousand different uh, homes and families every year. Then I, th I think it was 2013 we had a widow here at King's Crossing that came to us and said that she wanted to make an investment in doing something that would really make a difference. So we sat down and talked, and out of that came our VetNet program. Now, VetNet is a program where we, it's really not a part of the prison ministry per se, but uh, we provide our curriculum free uh, to the military, uh, every branch, uh, active, reserve veterans and their family members. And you know, a lot of people go into the military, they've got relationship problems, they've got substance abuse issues, they've got issues. And many times when they come out, those issues are still there and often even worse. So we deal a lot with post-traumatic stress and they need the marriage skills and the parenting matters and the substance abuse recovery and the anger management. Uh, all of those are very important. So again, uh, we reach a, a lot of people through that avenue, and that curriculum is used in multiple states, uh, multiple uh, countries as well. So uh, this is very rewarding. Now, talk about real evangelism. The one last thing I really want to talk about in detail is uh, Baptists around the world. You know, that program started here in 1991, and it was out of necessity. We wanted to baptize a man in Nueces County Jail, and they said, you can do it if you bring a portable baptistry in. So we had to invent a portable baptistry, and we designed this thing and developed it, and we went in. First thing you knew, we wore it out, and we had to make another one, so we said, what improvements can we make? And it's been an evolutionary process 
uh, yeah, the Church of Christ believes in evolution. And, this is a, and, and we made a better mousetrap. Creative ways to baptize Had a better mousetrap. And uh, uh, here we are today. We've got a pretty professional model because other ministries heard about it and said, could we get one of those? And uh, then we ran into some prisons where they didn't want that kind of a portable one. They wanted a more permanent one. So we partner with American Rehabilitation Ministries out of Joplin, Missouri. They make the removable communion table top baptistry, but inside you've got a fiberglass baptistry with water that can keep climate controlled. And uh, they're quite a bit more expensive than our portable models. But ARM says that about 40 people are baptized per year per baptistry that has been placed. And since 1991, we have placed 412 baptistries in 37 states, including 112 in 39 foreign countries. So we started out. <laughs> we started out to put those in jails and prisons, and all of a sudden churches started calling, saying, we need one because we've got somebody that's sick at home and they can't come to church to be baptized. And we want to take one. We're going to have this retreat, but we're going to a place where there's not any place to baptize. And then we started getting calls from missionaries in these foreign countries where they have drought and the water is unsafe. And so you start adding that up with a little arithmetic, 412 and 40 a month, we're talking about 16,000 baptisms a year. Amazing, uh, through this little program. That's great. Thank you, Buck. And I would also mention, um, you've got a pretty robust website you redid in the last year or so. And I know it's possible if there's any of the ministries you've got, and you've only mentioned about three or four, and I know there's a list of at least 16 or 20. If there's a certain ministry that really pricks your heart that you wanted to contribute to or help with, I know you've, you've made it as easy as you can for people to, to help Amen. with that. So I would encourage you to have a look at the prison ministry website. There is a whole lot more they're doing than what he's able to, to share right now. But, uh, but yeah, well, appreciate you giving us kind of a behind the curtains look at some of what y'all been up to, the things that you should be, uh, you really rightfully are very proud of. So we appreciate your work and uh, everyone's work who helps make that possible. So what about you, Kevin? What are some things that you wish people could know a little more about kind of behind the scenes? Uh, just a couple of little anecdotes about some things that we have been doing uh, since, you know, we all kind of got on the same page uh, at this fall. Um, <clears throat> One is, um, one comes from when I, Linnea and I were actually living in Memphis, Tennessee. I was a student at uh, Harding Grad School there. We were attending a church that had several folks who, uh, who were students or connected with the grad school in one way. We were in their uh, Sunday morning Bible class. And after a while, I'd, I'd, I'd said to Linnea, like, is there something wrong with, with me or with us? Like, it seems like nobody is talking to us after class. Like, even though I know some of these people, I went to undergrad with some of these folks. Like, you know, we're not getting lunch invites. Like, what's the deal? Like, what, why, what's going on? And, and Linnea said, well, you know, I have been, <laughs> diplomatic as she was, it's like, I have been telling you that it might be a good idea for us to join one of these life groups, one of these small groups that meets irregularly. That might be a good way to do it. I was initially resistant because I hadn't had good experiences in them before that just didn't seem like they really did much for me. But I, I said, okay, that, let, let's give it a try, hoping that it would work, but also kind of thinking, watch this bust. It's going to be terrible. And then within a, two times of going to one of these life group meetings that was not that far away from where we lived, 
you know, the next few Sundays, it just felt like a totally different group of people. We were there, we were connecting, we were making friends, we were having conversations with folks that I had tried to engage with in class before, but never really felt like I could do very well with. It's just something about being outside of a church class setting or worship setting or something like that. So let me encourage you, if, if you have kind of a negative perception of life groups for whatever reason, um, and some of those are valid reasons, when we relaunch, uh, there's going to be so many different things uh, available that it, it, it's, it's going to be worth your while. I've been telling the folks uh, behind the scenes that we want, we want it to be so easy to be part of a life group that it's actually inconvenient not to be in one. <laughs> you know, you, you have to try not to be in one. The other thing is this, some of the other stuff that's going on behind the scenes, um, we've been talking about, uh, can I mention uh, King's Cast? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We've been talking about, and we've got the equipment to start up a, a fairly regularly recurring church podcast. Now, I know it, we've got on the scrolling announcements, hey, Alexa, play the King's Tr- Tr- Crossing Church of Christ podcast, which goes directly to your, your personal uh, uh, up blog, Kingdom Up to this Kingdom point, it's primarily been like the Sunday messages are recorded and broadcast in that fashion, and, and also some of our classes. Yeah. Yeah. That is going to be a little different because uh, you and I and, uh, and Justin and, and Crystal, and, and we'll, we'll mix in you know, with different guests as we need to, um, we're going to be doing a regularly recurring, about you know, half an hour or less, mm-hmm. podcast you know, with some frequency, like weekly or every other week or something like that. I'm really excited about that because that, that's going to be a, a neat way for us to continue to give folks positive things that they can kind of you know, chew on or look forward to the rest of the week. One other thing that I'll mention, too, um, the, our, our church puts out regular, like, short devotional videos uh, on, uh, on Tuesdays. We, we try to have those out. And uh, Cindy came to me a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, you know, Hi, I'm Cindy, because you don't know who I am, because you can only see me like this. <laughs> but, you know, she told me who she was and told me that her dad was a, a minister in the area and said that he had been catching those Facebook videos and was, uh, you know, was able to start using them for some of his sermons mm-hmm. that he's been doing. So, like, the stuff that we are doing as a church is having impact beyond just the folks that attend King's Crossing or have a, have a direct connection to it. I, there's a lot I could say about it. It's amazing how the little things that we do sometimes can get such a far reach. I, I could share another three or four stories about people who've contacted me randomly from other places about, you know, something that they heard on one of our podcasts or saw on our website. My all-time favorite contact, y'all remember when we did the Kindness Blitz campaign and y'all were all giving out those little cards? One of those uh, made it to Scotland, so... You never know exactly how far things are going to get. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's encouraging to know that uh, so many things have been impactful, and we really have been amazed how well people have responded to what content we've made available. So both quantity and quality, we're going to try to continue uh, increasing. You know, uh, someone told me about being in line at HEB, and uh, they got to talking to the person in front of them, and they got talking about church. said, where do you go to church? And they said, King's Crossing Church of Christ. And that other person turned around and said, Oh, I just love listening to Mark Adams. Mm-hmm. And they looked at him and they said, do you know, go to King's Cross? Well, I don't go to the building, but I watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so the impact of these podcasts and, 
as you said this morning, the, the live streaming, uh, all, it has an impact. Once you put that word out there, <laughs> you know, the, it's going to have an impact because that's where the power is. We've seen the potential of the internet for bad things, but it also has just the same Amen. amount of potential for good things. Amen. We've got to remember that. Yeah, great. Well, that, thank you guys for sharing that. I got one, one last question I wanted to ask each of you, which has to do with more of the future, you know, especially as we're trying to move post-quarantine, we're trying to get some stuff relaunched. Uh, when you think about your, your vision for the future, what are some things that you would want us to know about? Well, everything is going to explode eventually because during this time, since really early March, um, a lot of changes have been going on behind the scenes, and we've gotten a lot of material ready. Uh, we've got uh, all of the volunteers are geared up, uh, just, just wanting to be unleashed. And uh, so I think there's going to be a real explosion in the effect of all of these things that we're doing. And what I really like about what you're talking about with live streaming and podcasts, that's going to go on and on and on. So it's not just for uh, this COVID season. Uh, in 1988, this congregation started the Christians Against Substance Abuse Program. And uh, we never knew, you know, that wasn't started for prison ministry, but started for the church because we had some members who were addicts and alcoholics that needed help. And they had children that were in trouble. And uh, after a while, it became obvious to us, hey, this, this is needed in the jails and in the prison, so we took it in. And since then, you would be, um, it's been translated into Spanish and Russian and Chinese and French. Uh, and so, again, we never know what we start, what's going to come of it, because God is the one that's in charge. That's right. Yeah, God, God is the one who gives the growth. That's right. Kevin? As we've mentioned a few times, last week and, and today, uh, starting on February 7th, we're going it, to, if it's, again, like keeping track of, you know, numbers and metrics and how safe it is to do so, we're hoping to, to relaunch in-person Bible classes here at the building. And because we're aware that it's going to be at a different time and things are just generally going to be different, and we're going to need to space out within the classes. We're going to start off with two adult options. I'm going to be leading one in, in what is called Fellowship B, the old youth room over here. Um, and I'm, uh, this class is called A Living Hope, First and Second Peter for today. If it, First and Second Peter combined are all of eight chapters. It might take you half an hour to read that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to be teaching that class, and then the next class, which I, I wish I could attend, but I won't because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be busy. Over here in the chapel, we're going to have uh, Rick Legvold and Robert Ilgen leading another class called I Come to the Garden Alone. And they're going to be focusing on taking a look at somehow some of the imagery of that song. You know, it kind of leads us to you know, times of personal devotion or, or reflection or what conversations we have with Jesus. Um, these are going to be during uh, February and March, and then starting up in April, we're going to start a new, basically a new quarter of classes. And, and we're going to see if this kind of helps us, it being on some kind of a quarter system, see if that helps us give uh, folks opportunities to teach, uh, that classes that otherwise might not have an opportunity, or um, you know, we might be able to do some different things with um, like what kinds of class offerings we have, Bible study options, more contemplative things like what you've done. 
If I could interject really quickly, yeah. we sent out a survey over this last week. Just wanted to thank all of you for responding. Within an hour of sending that out, I already had about 30 of you respond, and I know we're up to around 60. So y'all have, I guess we've done enough of those surveys now that y'all are more comfortable with the format, but really uh, got a lot of great and uh, great feedback and actually some really good class ideas. I know we're going to be factoring that in as we move forward. Yeah, and so I like we're we're aware of those class ideas. I, I'm I'm talking with several folks about different kinds of class ideas relating to things that it really anybody in any stage of life would be interested in personal finance, you know, investments, but also some more contemplative things like what you've done in the past. Um, and I'm also talking with with Justin and Crystal about different ways that maybe we can combine some adult classes with some of the things that the teens or kids or, or parents of those age groups might be able to do. And so that's really exciting. And then for our life groups, which again are, re, which are launching on, on February 7th, we, uh, we had this idea that, you know, folks really like life groups, but sometimes it gets kind of difficult because somebody might think, man, you know, am I going to be the host of this life group indefinitely? What if I have something else I want to do? And so we thought, what's a, what's a way that we could have life groups uh, happen, and then everyone could take a little bit of a break? And then if you want to start up again, you can. And so starting in February, we're going to have kind of a, a life group's schedule. And, and there, all this information will you know, continue to be spread. So this is not the only time anybody's going to hear this. But starting in February, we're basically going to have a, a life group schedule of four months on and then two months off and then start up again. So February, March, April, May, we're encouraging our life group leaders to schedule times to meet and then June and July, because it's summer, people like to travel, go on vacation, stuff like that. Other folks are busy doing other things, travel sports. Take those two months off. If you want to have a July 4th cook-off or cookout, that's great. Do that. But then starting up again, August, September, October, November, we're asking for folks who, you know, if they want to lead a life group for that four, four months or if they want to resume what they had been doing, great, do that. And then take off December and January. It's Christmas time. Folks are traveling. You know, folks are wanting to do other things. If you want to have a, a Christmas ornament swap, go ahead, do it. You know, but we're hoping that maybe this will uh, keep folks from getting burned out. Hopefully, it'll allow folks who have an idea for you know, a group that it might be seasonally appropriate that they can do that. And so the kinds of things, uh, Blake, I'm not sure if we've, got a, if we've got a screenshot of what's already on the website, but if you go to our website, up to quick links and then down to find a class or group on there. And when you click on life groups, you'll see several different options, like a ladies Bible study or a group for moms of elementary school aged and youngers, or one that Mark, I know you're going to be a fan of vinyl music enthusiast group. Um, you know, we just this weekend, just this weekend, I had three additional people come up to me and say, hey, I've got an idea for a life group. I, yeah, can we make this possible? One is going to be a time for guys to go golfing. Hey, Zeus, I think that uh, sounds like it's up your alley. Um, another is going to be, uh, you know, a, a time for a ladies fitness class. And then uh, Stacy has uh, mentioned it, it, that he's going to be interested in uh, hosting a, a pickleball. You know, regularly recurring time for pickleball here in the building. Right. Togetherness, 
and openness, and I think all that will give us plenty of time to, Great. to get to know each other. And don't, you've also got some instructions, I believe, on uh, how they could go ahead and join one here in the pretty near that, future. That's true. Right. So if, uh, if it's appropriate to do that here in church. Yeah, let's do it quickly. Do okay. It quickly. Uh, if, uh, if, if you feel confident that you can do this quickly, uh, whether you have the App Store or the Google Play Store, and you want to download the Church Center app, you can go through the steps pretty easily to connect that app with the King's Crossing Church of Christ. We've got some pictures up here on the screen to kind of show you how, this, how the prompts will work. And eventually, as you go through and you type, you know, King's Crossing Church of Christ, it's in Corpus Christi, Texas, it should give you this middle screen so you can select that one. And then you'll uh, go through some other prompts and you'll get connected. And then on, the, on that app, you can see, and it's current as of now. Yeah. Actually, no, it's, it, it's slightly out of date because I need to add the other life groups that were mm-hmm. just mentioned, uh, just confirmed this weekend. But it has our Bible class options that will be, com- be coming up in February and uh, most, almost all the life group options. And you'll have opportunities to sign up there and you know, register and let the group leaders know, it's like, hey, I'm interested in that kind of thing. And I'll go ahead and mention, we decided to launch a simple version of it, but this is going to become a functionally a space that has a lot of features. So for now, you can use this to view and sign up for life groups that you're interested. Uh, coming soon, new church directory app built within our database on this, where you can manage your own data, update your own picture, whatever you'd like to do. And we've already got a calendar on here. Haven't been able to put many things on the calendar recently, but uh, we've got several more features we're going to be unlocking over the next few weeks. But uh, starting out, we've got uh, life group options. So get the app and you can go ahead and sign up for one. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, sharing some of what you've been working on. I know it's a lot to cover. Thank you all so much for, uh, for, for bearing with us, but would y'all join me in appreciating uh, Kevin and Buck for what they're doing and... As we wrap up, I just want to remind everyone uh, how important it is that we all make the effort to, uh, uh, to do what we can to be welcoming, uh, to provide these opportunities where people can maybe show up for something else they're interested in, just like with Buck's ministry. It might be that they needed a little help with anger management and they find their way to the gospel. Uh, we're hoping it might be someone who just wants to learn how to play pickleball and suddenly finds a fellowship of people they want to spend more time with. But we are trying to use these, all of these things as methods to uh, reach people with the gospel. Uh, I'm going to close out my message here in just a moment uh, with a word of prayer. As always, if you have any special needs, if there's something we could do to assist you, I really hope you'll come and talk to myself, one of our ministers, one of our elders, uh, if there's any way we could be a source of blessing in your life. But I'm going to conclude us now with a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for all the blessings that we have uh, in Christ. We are grateful uh, for Buck, for Kevin, for their areas of ministry, for the great history that we've had uh, with our prison ministry and all of that outreach. We're grateful for the good things you're going to do through these new life groups and Bible classes we're launching. And uh, just pray your special blessing on everything we do as we move forward. Uh, Lord, continue to go with us. Give us wisdom. Help us to step up to the challenges ahead of us because we know with your help, We can do all things. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.